welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. Nightlight, everybody. Thanks so much for sharing your time with us. We look forward to sharing ours with you. I want to thank Ken Quiethawk for his amazing intro. Please check him out on the internet. He's a native storyteller, and he and his wife, Deb, have preserved that amazing tradition and preserved history and time and cosmologies in a, in a very unusual and unique way. So I, I definitely urge you to check him out. I have a very special lady on with me tonight. I have Gloria Amandola with me. I've had her on before, and I have had the pleasure of reading five of her books. So um, you can tell I I really respect and, and admire her for the work that she has done. Her travels have taken her to sacred sites worldwide to experience the powerful landscape temples firsthand. And they have changed her from the inside out. She's a modern-day Templar in the OSMTH order. Her commandery commentary, commentary, is in Rennes-le-Chateau, France, and is dedicated to Mary Magdalene, which is a perfect fit for her. She follows in the footsteps of the enigmatic Knights Templar, walking where they walked, gathering impressions from the traces they left behind. She's learned that where they walked, so too walked the ancient ones. Initiates of the mysteries have gathered in these sacred sites worldwide for reasons we are now just beginning to understand. And they left us an extraordinary legacy, one that could be decoded when we were ready to comprehend its truth. And thankfully, for many, that time has come. She's fascinated by the revelations of the ancient ones that the the ancient ones have seeded in her dreams and imprinted in her cellular memory, all the while waiting for her to awaken to this vast repository of knowledge and healing energy within. She's listened to the whispers of the ancient ones along the way, and sometimes it was a struggle to accept their arcane teachings. They were so different from anything she had known before, or so she thought. 
Yet, in her eventual awakening and acceptance of these coded teachings, she discovered a whole new world of possibilities. Her work is a reflection of those possibilities and of the complexity of the grail quest into the extraordinary vessel of wisdom she calls the Well of Memories. You can find her at www.gloria-amandola.com. It's an amazing website. Please do check it out, but wait till after the show. So welcome to the show, Gloria. So glad to have you on again. Oh, thanks, Barb. It's nice to be here, especially at this time. Oh, yeah. No, I, you know, it's really, it's amazing. Um, I have found of late that there is so much more fascination in the the Mary mysteries in in uh the the Venus histories the goddess worship I mean it's been the last couple the last couple of years have been almost we've been flooded with wonderful information on on all of this material and it I'm I I think it wakes up within all of us a a new power that is and a curiosity hopefully I know your books I loved your books because you not Thank only, you. you know, they're great stories, but they also teach and entertain. And and I have found over time that when you, when you're teaching something in a story context, people remember it, and it 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 sort of makes them curious to look for more. And um, certainly, I, I think that that's that's happening. I, aren't you reissuing one of your series? Yes, actually, I'm reissuing. Mary Magdalene Revelations from a First Century Avatar, which tell her story in her words, and for your listeners, it's channeled material, and then I write uh, a couple of chapters in in the three different volumes. Uh, so it's a compilation of both. But uh, with it's interesting because every time I tried uh, to write a new volume, once I realized multiple volumes were coming. Magdalene would always, in spirit, say to me, no, you're not ready. You need to shift your consciousness even more to understand what I'm about to give you, what I'm about to say. So I worked with that instruction with her. So she was teaching me as she delivered this information. And as I just reread Volume 1, because that's now laid out to go to publication, and now we're on to Volume 2, I, you know, even though I channeled this material, there were things in there that were over my head at the time. The first one was 2013 that I'm just beginning to understand now. And she said, no, there will be no shortcut to this process. You need to read each page carefully, making sure there's no typos, but reacquainting yourself with this information. So it, what I found happening as I was doing that in preparing them um, I had questions myself, things that I felt needed to be answered. So I haven't said this before, but there probably, in addition to other books, there probably will be a volume four to come shortly thereafter once the first three are available again. And, yes, people are really uh, writing me all the time, please, please re-release this material. So that's what I'm, what I'm doing. Well, I, I have found that, that when you initially released them, you know they were there, there wasn't a lot of material out there about about Mary or 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 her or her preaching or her story or her 
the, how she grew up and how she was trained. And and now um, people are starting to to not only accept it, but in, you know take it as almost a given, which I think is fascinating. Um, there have been there have been so many books out there that play her down and it's it's a pleasure to see her taking her place where where she belongs i totally agree and i guess we just weren't ready until now to understand the ancient feminine wisdom uh, we're coming out of a uh, deep patriarchy in the cycles of time and we're coming out of an incredible brainwashing through the Piscean Age in particular, with major religions. And they don't tend to favor women in any way. And I think we've had enough. I think that's run its course. And especially those who are embodied as women this time around, we're like, well, what about us? I mean, we're here, we have a voice, we have a history. And so for me, my individual walk with the Magdalene has been uh, 20 years now, and I, I mean, I'm still learning and putting pieces together day by day because the story was just so buried. Oh yeah, and and you know, I think what what fascinated me was was her training and how she how she came to be the the yin to to Jesus's yang, literally. Yeah. And you know, together they they created a powerful message and story. And um, and and of course, you know, when when the church decided to become the church with Constantine, um, suddenly they were shoving any any female magic to the background and downplaying it. And and it's a shame because it it gives you a a message that is profound, but it's not balanced and. So if all you're doing is is living your life according to half the message, then then you're not getting the full the full power that is there if you if you listen to her message as well. Oh, I totally agree. And you know, if you read some of the Gnostic texts with Jesus and him making allegory and story with the masculine and the feminine energies, to me it reflects probably his training in India. Uh, in the in the Hindu system, but I'm sure it, it reflects many systems. But he understood that feminine current of energy within him, and he also understood the balance of the two and how when you go through the process of alchemy and initiation, which is really what his and her story is about, is going mm-hmm. through the process of initiation. Then you realize that the feminine and masculine current comes together and creates an even newer state of consciousness. Oh, absolutely. And what what I found um interesting was was the fact that you know, he respected her so and even in in the Dead Sea Scrolls and the Nag Hammadi um library they talk about how, you know, he he, lo- he they complained that he loved her better than the others and you know, so many people are getting used to the fact that he most probably was married to Mary, but but they still keep her in in a very, you know, uh, kind of a in the shadows. And the reality is, if you stop and think about it, Jesus wouldn't have respected anybody that wasn't his equal intellectually. Yeah. So that so, so that in order for that 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 
preparing to have really worked or been as successful as it was, she she had to have the same kind of charisma that he did. And not only that, but for her to continue the ministry after his, um, well, his his journey on the cross, um, and 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 beyond his death, um, when that happened later on, I mean, you know, she was a powerful, important person. And even though you know she did sort of, they, I I still don't think we have her whole story. No, I, I think that she she said some really fascinating things um, in the trilogy. There is one uh, alternate text. I think it's the Acts of Philip. I actually haven't looked at it in quite a while. But there's a story in there about how she's uh, traveling to teach with, I believe it's Bartholomew and, oh, I should have this committed to memory. Um, it must have been Philip Bartholomew and uh, Magdalene. And they go to this one town where they must be teaching in some way. And the Roman official at that time, his wife, was quite taken by her and her way, her energy, her teachings. And she let her husband know. And, of course, back then there was a lot um, of um, apprehension and skepticism around what they would consider sorcerers and magicians. And so that's what her husband thought, and they locked them all up. And so when I think they stripped one of the two, if not both of them, I think one they stripped, one they hung upside down like the, you know, the hanged man in the tarot. And when they came to Magdalene, it says in the text that she became like an arc of glass, full of light, and it so scared them they all ran away. So I think she must have used her power, her light body, some understanding of ancient energy, Merkaba teachings, whatever it could have been. But it's written in there, and it talks about that power that she exuded, so much so that it scared them. They ran away. So whatever she was doing, she was uh, considered a master in her time. Oh, yeah. And <clears throat> one thing I want to I wanna kind of, you know, kind of put across to those people that, that you know, have, don't have a lot of expertise in this particular area. When, when we talk during that time frame of magic, we're, we're not talking pulling bunnies out of hats. They, they use the term magic to apply to intuition, inspiration, energetic work. Um, their magic was, was what we would call metaphysical science today. And, yeah. and you know, so so that while they they studied magic it they were studying a higher level of spirituality actually so and and the mag, magi um they were called um magicians as well but they were astrologers so right you know when when the when the term is used magic it isn't referring to sleight of hand it it's referring to something completely different that's true, and, and in the trilogy, Magdalene also talks about um, high magic, and to me it goes back to ancient Egypt, but it goes back to a culture even before then. So you're right, when they were working with, al- they were working more with alchemy, formulas, uh, mathematics, the golden mean, um, the understanding of the, of the sacredness, but not only the sacredness, the science 
of the heart. Certainly that was important in ancient Egypt. So when you're speaking about that, yes, they were working from a very high mind, at least in the mystery schools, until we got to the darker cycles of time, and then things began to degrade a little bit more, just like even the mystery schools began to degrade more, some of them. So, you know, when the cycles of time change, like we're about to hit one this year, then, you know, things change with it, just like experiencing this pandemic. I mean, it's that's a story in and of itself, and certainly Magdalene had a message right at the beginning that I'd love to share. But we believe that the Piscean Age is falling away, and a couple of very good astrologers I know truly believe and have for years now that the winter solstice 2020 is the official doorway into the Aquarian age. I, I would I would believe that. I know uh, I spoke with one astrologer and um uh, well um <clears throat> she she used to come on the show on a yearly ba- on a monthly basis and she had when we were talking about um about predictions for for 2020 she she said and she marked the day almost exactly she said there was a conjunction around the 19th of march um during which the possibility of war breaking out would happen and that's almost exactly when you know war was declared on on this virus so you know here I'm thinking atomic bombs, and of course it was the worst kind of bomb I think anyhow than an atomic bomb. But um, but I, I find it fascinating that some of the old sciences, some of the old ways, um, can be used predictably to a certain to a certain point and and give us information as to energetically what's going to be taking place within our realities, and 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 of course that energy will reflect differently for every person because every person is in a different place. So um, I know I know you do a lot of channeled material, and I know you had mentioned that, that you had some some interesting channeled material that, that you had gotten on on um, what was coming in the future, and I would love if you would share it. That would be so cool. I will. Um, and what I, astrologically speaking, that March aspect of the astrology is that Mars, Jupiter, Pluto, Capricorn bundle blowing things up, fear, difficult time during March 2020. The astrology is pretty solid for the next few years, and it is not easy um, astrology. It's huge planets, lots of karma. So we look at this March uh, timeline, which definitely happened for sure. And the next one is um, the summer solstice, June 21st, 2020. Um, That's, I think, an even bigger deal in that there's a five-degree separation between Saturn and Jupiter. Now, those are big planets. They carry big influences, and um, it's, it's just a huge deal what's going to be transpiring, I think, then, um, and then the winter solstice this year. Now, having said that, there, there's two pieces I'd like to bring in. One with Magdalene, and I'll start with her message, and then Michael, uh, who we know as Archangel Michael. I'd like to weave okay. in the two, if that's okay. Oh, sure. Okay. So, this, you know, lots of times on my website I'll put a channeled message on there, and I dated this one for January 26th. And it starts out a little tough, but then it ends in, I think, just the right place. And, and, and so here we go. 
So this is Magdalene's voice, and as as I'm channeling her, she says, It has never been easy at times of great change on your planet, for the ruling elite does not like its power in place upended. They need your enslaved mentality to provide their sustenance. I have spoken of this before. It is of their darkest desire to use the blood energy of humans to enact their rituals of oppression and fear. Yeshua and I walk this earth lovingly and knowingly seeding the grid points, the places of power, so that at this time you could also walk these places and gather to remember what we once knew, encountering as we did the same forces of darkness that wish to corrupt everything, from the sweet waters of our gracious mother to the minds, to the minds of people everywhere. In this phase of your collective evolution, it is up to you to show each other what you have observed, what you have witnessed, and what you are willing to do to align the light of your souls to every flower, to every sunrise, and every person along your precious way. It is in the application of this mastery that you will find your way home. Do not despair as you step fully into the leap time. Much will change in the blink of an eye. Before I read, there's a little bit more, but before I read it, I find that absolutely profound in that she's talking about this game that's being played in by the dark and how they encountered it as they were doing the energy work on the earth, working in these very powerful locations, um, and how we would be called to show what we have learned. And to me, that's like uh, I have sat in tears at times watching the coverage, not only of the medical profession and the first responders, but really brave people out there who are finding a way to to feed so many children who don't have food and, and wow. things like that, restaurants, cooking for, for the, the health care workers and so forth. To me, those are the people that are really on some level showing an extraordinary level of mastery, of courage, of service, right? Oh, yeah, and not only that, but in times like this, this is when you truly see the best of humanity and, and the yeah. worst, unfortunately, but you see the best, and it's more yeah. of the best. I, I know um, a couple of, about a week ago, um, I was sitting here, and I, I, my station is in my kitchen dining room, and and I've got a kitchen that overlooks a pond so I'm in the woods and it's very it's it's a it's a beautiful peaceful setting and it was after dark and I had the window open and I started to hear sirens and it was the it was the the fire department five fire engines and at least six or seven police cars with their lights flashing and their sirens going were slowly working their way throughout the entire community and I stood here and I watched it, and all I could think of was, you know, they're letting me know I'm not alone because I've, I, I am alone here. I haven't, you know, been out or seen anybody really for, um, for weeks now. 
And I stood mm-hmm. here, and it was like it was reminding me that I wasn't going through this alone. It was, and I didn't realize it, but you know, I had tears streaming down my face. It was such a moving experience for me that these men would take this time to, and and apparently they did a different section of the town each each night for a week. It was just amazing. Wow, wow. I think this is Magdalene was letting us know. Hey, this is there's something there's something dark moving in your world, but there is also incredible light, and it's time for you to show what you have learned. And I am so blown away, like you, by so many people and the not just the acts of kindness, but really having an awareness and a compassion that we're all going through something really, really surreal and different and 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 just to have them letting you know that you're not Mm -hmm. alone i mean to me that is extraordinary if i I can finish this barbara she says know who you are from every cell of your being radiate that truth into the soil and the rocks the waters that flow in streams and rivers and into the realms of the unseen it will not be in vain You are being heard by the elemental forces, they who need a clear and concise clarion call from you now. They will come to assist you, for they have seen many cycles of time, and they are experienced in transmuting the dark forces. They are your ally. Use them wisely, and you will be astonished by the power the tiny ones can radiate in your world. We are supporting you from the invisible place along with the star ancestors. We wish for you to break this pattern of destruction that has been seeded in this world for thousands of years. You are strong, you are visionary, and you are ready. Yeah, it's it's really it's amazing because I I think I don't I don't believe there has ever been a time before where the entire world was quarantined. And and basically that's no, what happened. Yeah. But 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 in a way it is it is one of it it gives every person the opportunity to go within, to spend time getting to know themselves, to work on themselves. It's it's a, it's it, we're being we're being given a time to really embrace what's happening and learn you know more about ourselves and and how we want to relate to to each other and the world and ourselves and and so it's it's um you know I'll grant you it's it's being forced upon us but um I think it's important and 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 I and I understand there are businesses that are failing there are people that are out of work but but all of that is going to be resolved, you know, within the next, I don't know, months, weeks, whatever. But use this time wisely. Use it as a gift in many ways to, to be able to spend time to learn to communicate not only with yourself but with the people around you. Or, you know, it's, this, is, this, this quarantine is in many ways an amazing gift to all of us. And, and if we use it accordingly... It can only benefit us in the long run. I agree, and I think there's another aspect of this too that in in this particular channeling, and it'll lead right into 
the dream with Archangel Michael. Magdalene says, we are supporting you from the invisible place along with the star ancestors. And I believe that they are here, and some people might call them angels, archangels, extraterrestrials. They've gone by many different names. I'll call them the star ancestors. That feels like what the indigenous would would call them. And, oh, boy, I, I, there's just a little piece. Of, it, it's, it's an aside, but I'd like to drop it in really quickly. I think you and I spoke, when we spoke privately, I mentioned this. Last year I took a group out to the American Southwest. Hadn't been out there in a while and had spent a lot of time in uh, France and England, Scotland, Wales, that sort of thing. And so the American Southwest called again. And in relation to star ancestors, one of the highlights of the trip was going to the Hopi, the lands of the Hopi Indian in uh, northeastern Arizona. And we had hired a guide, an artist, to take us to where we could not go alone on their lands and to spend time with us. And I had spoken with her, and I said, you know, there's questions that I have that I hope when we get out there that you will answer for me. I know that you know the answers, but, I'm, you know, will you share this knowledge? And she said, well, we'll just have to see. So we went out there, and we were in her gallery for a while. She was a wonderful woman, a wisdom keeper, uh, the best kind, not really even realizing how much of a wisdom keeper she was. And I asked her, based on the knowledge of uh, Gary David and the um, the three Hopi Mesas, there's first, second, and third, and they mirror on the ground the belt stars of Orion in the sky. So while people think that happens on the Giza Plateau with the Great Pyramid and, and the other pyramids, it happens very precisely for the three mesas in the Hopi lands in the American Southwest. So I asked her why that was and, and who was their creator god, Masao. And they said, she said very plainly, nothing complicated about it, that we believe that our ancestors from the stars uh, Masao was um, that star ancestor, and we believe that they came from Orion, and hence their three mesas being aligned to the belt stars of Orion. And I said, so that means you're telling me that Masao, your great leader, your great teacher, the star ancestor, was an advanced extraterrestrial. And she looked at me and very simply said, yes, that's what we believe. And the and the great Kachina dances out there that are done represent the star beings coming and going from the portals of their lands in America, in the American Southwest. So I felt that was important to kind of get people to understand these different levels of the star ancestors that, that Magdalene is saying, hey, they're here, and they're here to help you. So if I can transition from that, I'd like to explain who I have been shown who Archangel Michael is, if that's okay. Sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. So a couple of years ago, I was in France, and, and there's just a tiny bit of backstory here, which helps, maybe will help listeners understand this a little bit more. Um, I've always worked with uh, the energies I've known as Archangel Michael. And when I was in France with uh, someone working from that well of memories at Mount Bougarache, uh in the first day, 
uh, I, my job is to get that 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 well stirred up, to get it moving and circulating, so that any past life memories in the land there, in those in those Cathar lands and Templar and Magdalene and so forth, that let it get stirred up, um, because that's the place you want to really remember. And so we were working on that process, and while she was journeying. I was just holding space as a, as a practitioner. I was just holding safe space. And all of a sudden the winds kicked up and it was Michael who came in and he said, you know, I think it's about time you see me more for who I am. And I said, okay, who are you? And he said, well, you know, you can call me an angel if you want, but I'm really, um, you know, an advanced being from another place. And I said, so like an extraterrestrial? He said, yes. So we worked with that, he and I, for a while, and I began to understand what it felt like to explore the soul record of a non-human in a more personal way, if that makes any sense at all. It, yeah. It, yeah, I know you're intuitive, Barbara, and you work with this stuff. It, you know, it just it felt different, like the human stories were different than the stories that came from Michael because he truly was from a different um, place in a different set of experiences. Does that make sense? Totally. Okay. Okay. So I, you know, I began to be comfortable with that, and there was contact a year later where he came in one night while I was sleeping, and I could literally see this all going on in my third eye. And um, there was a curious stone that was left here, and you know, he was very tall, very slim, um, very tall. And I was getting acclimated. Okay, so cut to the chase. Um, at the end of the holiday season this year, uh, this past year, uh, that wind came up again one night. I had my bedroom window cracked and just to let a little air in because, you know, it gets in the winter with the dry heat. And oh, yeah. the wind rose up out of nowhere. And it woke me up out of a sound sleep. And I'm a pretty heavy sleeper. And I felt Michael's presence come into my house and again very tall and I could literally see him fully formed in my third eye almost with my physical eyes now I was in a daze waking up but he was there and he said to me I want you to pay attention I'm going to put you back to sleep and give you a dream and I'm thinking okay that's great you're waking me up to put me back to sleep okay so I, I got knocked right out just I was gone and in the dream, this is what he gave me. And this was just before Magdalene's message. I'm walking in the halls of an urban hospital, like Yale New Haven Hospital in New Haven, Connecticut. And I'm walking around, and, and I see people in regular hospital floors. And, you know, a minor thing. Maybe somebody had some elective surgery or something. No big deal. And I'm walking. I'm, I'm turning the corner, walking down other um, floors and so forth, taking elevators up, elevators full of people and getting off and, and walking. And then I was in an intensive care unit, you know, walking by that area and that felt a little different. And then I took the elevator back down, lots of people, everybody doing their business. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I went down this hallway and it was a, there were administrative offices. And I thought, oh, everybody's, you know, doing the business of a hospital. And all of a sudden I heard Michael's voice and he said to me, what do you see? And I said, well, I see an urban city hospital and, you know, business as usual. And he says, what else? What about the people? 
I said, well, you know, they look normal. They look like people you would see in a hospital. And he said to me very abruptly, but they're not. They're all infected. And that was it. Wow. Well, I I, I would say that that was very prophetic. Um, it was. I mean, when I woke up, I had no idea what, what it meant. I really didn't. And I told a few of my friends, Magda, if you're listening, um, I told you and I told Sharon because I knew it was important, but I had no clue, you know, what it really meant. And then I got this message from Magdalene, and I thought, wow, something is really up. And then, of course, this virus and this pandemic and all the action around it, all the conspiracy theories, all the possibilities just blew wide open. Oh, yeah. Well, I think what they found in in California and in one other place that now that they're able to test to see you know who who's who's who has had it and now has an immunity and and stuff like that they're finding that that thousands of people had it and now have immunity and they didn't even know it and uh, and of course there are lots of people that that you know got got very very sick but that it's been around a lot longer than than they thought and it's um it reminds me uh did you read Dan Brown's Inferno yeah, a long time ago. Yep. Um, it, this this whole thing reminds me of of the of Dan Brown's Inferno, where a, a plague was let loose, or you know, it, people didn't get sick, but what it did was it, it compromised people's ability to have children, and that that in a way it was it was meant to cull the population without killing people outright. Well, of course, it's doing that now, but. Um, but what I'm going to be fascinated with is to see, not nine months from now, because nine months from now there's probably going to be a baby boom, but but, um, <laughs> but a year from now it's going to be interesting to to check out the birth rate to see if it's gone down or not, because I suspect we're going to find that, that the birth rate is going down all over the world. So... Um, well, that could very well be. I saw Dan Brown at uh, Carnegie Hall in New York. Um, I forget which book. It, it, what, was it Inferno with the um, the idea of population control and transhumanism? Yeah, yeah okay. Because mm-hmm. I think that's when he came out with that one, and he talked about that a lot, and you could tell it really um, seemed to bother him or weigh heavy upon him. Um, you know, we have the Georgia Guidestones, right, in Georgia, right. and they talk about um, an ideal situation, and they talk about, I believe, the population on planet Earth in, an, in a more idyllic state would be 500 million, and we're at, what, 7 billion? Yeah. Give or it's, take. It, um, yeah, give or take. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. The, those Georgia Stones are... It's funny because when when first they were erected, they were ignored, and now people are paying greater and greater attention to them. And um, they've they've gotten popularity in a lot of books that have recently come out. And I, I think it's it's interesting that um, they don't even know who who it was that paid for it. 
and and that it, they're just standing there waiting, which which reminds me of Gobekli Tepe too. They're you know that that's just standing there waiting for us to understand what it truly means as well. So that I, I think you're right. I, I I really believe we we're coming into a time of ancient wisdoms becoming more and more a part of our lives, and understanding the teachings that have come down through time, not just through Magdalene and, and Yeshua, but Yeshua, but but before that. And what I've been getting with the channeling that I've been doing, I, I, what I've been getting is that that you know we are we are focused just really on those those things that have happened over the last ten or twelve thousand years, and our real history, the history that is that is becoming, that is starting to become awakened and and um, functional within each and every one of us. That that history, those mysteries, come from before the flood. They come from before Absolutely. the Absolutely. And when you were talking about Gobekli Tepe, that's what I was thinking of the different layers there and the different depictions and the different archaeoastronomy. And there is definitely a connection to the people of the serpent, which would be the, those ancient people prior to the flood. Um, so whether they go by later names such as the Israelites, the Anasazi, uh, the Naga, the Dragon, um, what other ones are there? Well, I mean, well, all connected of the well, serpent. And, and, that's and that's the thing that that you know when when I when I say to people you know well this goes a lot of this stuff comes from before before the flood you know before and, and they they say well humans and I say you know I I I don't believe there were humans then I think whoever was here was a different species now now we may have a piece of them in us. But they weren't like us today, and and their technology wasn't. And right, and I think did... the thing, uh, I'm sorry. I think the thing that um, as we go back two thousand years to the Jesus and Mary Magdalene story, the Essenes, uh, and uh-huh. then go back further into ancient Egypt, and then keep going back further. I think that we find that those later tra- uh, traditions, let's say ancient Egypt and then of the Essenes and where the Essenes were, according to the Rosicrucian manuscripts, the, where the Essenes would have taken Yahshua to receive his training, he would have learned about the people of the serpent, the pre-flood people. And when we saw what were his miracles are believed to be the types of um, – Abilities that the people of the serpent had, the pre-flood people. So somehow Jesus and and Magdalene, in her giftedness through ancient Egypt and just natural abilities, I think the things that were attributed to them more Jesus than her, um, you know, in the outer stories, but in the inner stories, certainly Mother Mary, her and other Essenes. Um, were reflections of those fragments of memory come alive in them that reflected the abilities of the Tuatha, the, the Tuatha de Danan, right, the people of the serpent. That is a very deep and hidden knowledge that has been passed down throughout time without interruption, but it had to go so underground in the dark cycles of time 
um, because there was just no frequency, vibration, consciousness to um, be in, in vibrational coherence or alignment with that ability. Ah, well, I think also, you know, the Denisovans, too, um, that energy was different. And, and you know, I, I just, I get the feeling here that, that one of the awakenings that we have to have as Homo sapiens sapiens um, is that, that um, we are not, you know, the top of the food chain, so to speak, that the top of the food chain was here and left and that, that there are DNA, parts of, the, parts of our DNA come from those species in those cultures. You know, we carry their memories, but, but being able to incorporate their, their philosophies and their wisdoms, we have to be open to, to um, understanding their wisdoms. And, of course, with, with Jesus, he was, he, was preaching, he, he was preaching philosophy, but he was more preaching a way of life through parables and stuff like that. Mary was bringing the ancient wisdoms through, so that, so that with the two of them, you, you have the entire package. Exactly. But, exactly. But, and th- there's a there's a part in I forget which volume of the trilogy it is where the two of them are walking, and they hadn't seen each other in a long time, and they're catching up and they're trying to figure out with each other like, um, what do you know? Well, what do you know? Well, where did you train? And what are your abilities? And it's just kind of like a master to master playful uh, interaction, and. Uh, in that, um, Yeshua creates from the blueprint of life, uh, probably the Fibonacci sequence in some way. He creates a tree for Magdalene, um, and he does that through creating through the uh, harmonic blueprint of life. He knew that, you know, the whole five- and six-pointed star, and he would have learned that, God knows, India, Tibet, Egypt, Greece. I mean, he was everywhere. He was, you know, very much involved with the Druids in in the United Kingdom, um, in the British Isles, of course. Back then, his uncle was a tin trader in Cornwall, um, Uh and he's a whole story. He was like a triple spy himself. He was a very learned and accomplished man. So he he was showing that to Magdalene, and she was a little taken aback by that because her mother, um, in the channeled material she gave me, her mother said, you know, that you you are very gifted, uh, but you must use your gifts in service of your people and the earth. And so she finds, as they're walking a village with no water, uh, just like when we were out in Hopi last July, there was no water anywhere. And um, she sits in a dry riverbed with these very fine clothes on. And she begins to teach from her mastery. And she brings the water up out of the ground and begins to fill the stream. And the stream flows to the village so the people would have water. And they both took great delight in each other's mastery. It's a very unusual passage. Uh, It's really extraordinary because it's their personal moment with each other showing each other, what they had learned, but also Magdalene saying, you know, pay attention. These are the things that you can do, us, Mm -hmm. meaning us. 
that we can do. And it's, it, you know, there's more to it than that. And uh, they should be pretty much ready by May 1st so people can read them for themselves and decide. But I believe that that level of mastery will be required to resolve the problems we are now facing going forward. Well, I think we're being um, we're being stretched in 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 in, a, in an amazing way, and I, I, I talk about it often that that um, we are all in in one way or another looking for Nasus. We're, we're looking for um, a way to, on a consciousness level, to to link into uh, the source of all creation. And, you know, I talk to people about looking for the portal within, the bridge within to go from consciousness to higher consciousness to the spirit within that links you to the creator. And and the term that, that I kept hearing was you have to all become bridge walkers. You have to find mm. and create that bridge within you and be a bridge walker to be able to go from the consciousness, the solidity of, of the physical into the um the spirit realm where there is no physicality. So mm. it's, it's well, I certainly, really... I certainly feel with these um, connections that I've been having lately that the star ancestors along with um, spirits from the unseen realms, along with people, the animal kingdom, the mineral, the plants and so forth, the flowers, the water, everything, um, I believe that the consciousness is available to us and I uh-huh. believe that there are star ancestors everywhere wanting to help. Um, they've been very strong in my dream time, and I believe the reason why is because I'm still um, coming face-to-face with them. It's it still a little... Um, I still have some apprehension. And, they, and the benevolent be- beings that I feel that are around me, that I feel that are in our world... Um, they know that, and they do try to mask themselves at times in ways that we will understand, especially in the dream time, so that it's a little more palatable to us to begin to understand. But make no mistake, they're here. And I guess the question is, you know, I think a certain element of them have always been here, but if we are changing in the cycles of time and if we are going to a higher vibration uh, a different octave, a different bandwidth, whatever the language is, I I think that they come and they walk the earth again like the people of the serpent were able to do. And I think locations like Gobekli Tepe memorialize that. And as we go deeper into our own journey, more and more layers of Gobekli Tepe are understood and and other sites as well um, because we're ready to begin to allow our DNA to vibrate with that and, and, and wake up. It, it's like it's dormant in us and it's waking up. Well, I think that the, especially um, in some of the really ancient sites where they had those those triple spirals, you know, the the... The, 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 you know, the, to me, that's 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 the past saying, "Go within." That's where you find the answer. Go within. That's where you find the answer. And, you know, to me, it's it's this is first of all, I believe the whole planet is quarantined. 
on the spiritual level. You know, I, I think that in many in many ways we are being prevented from really reaching out and touching into some of the um, beings, some of the societies, some of the you know there is a whole there's a universe out there that we we aren't ready to become a part of because of our ways because of our consciousness and i do believe that something like we're going through right now is a way of 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 reminding us of of all of the wisdom and all of the magic that we have inside of us and all we have to do is wake it up and then use it and and live it and life changes. It becomes we go from black and white to technicolor. It you know we we have a richer life because of how we are perceiving our reality. And totally, I totally agree with that. Magdalene has even told me there are colors that you will experience when this shift happens that are like nothing you've ever seen before. So it, I've been using the word bandwidth a lot lately because it just seems to, I don't know, express what I'm feeling right now, this this broader um, range. Uh, some people call it we're, we're shifting from a half-light spectrum um, or a fallen light spectrum to a full yeah. light spectrum. And some people see that as Melchizedek. But it, it, it would make sense that if we're going to this fuller light spectrum in this brighter cycle of time, that all the things that are being exposed in our world as dark, as difficult, as heinous, are because the light is even brighter now, so the dark looks even worse. Mm-hmm. But or it, it just you looks know, that, so obvious to us now. That that old saying, I I don't know where it comes from, but the, that nothing is put before you that you aren't capable of getting through and over and beyond, and I believe that. And yeah. uh, so, so you know, it's it's kind of make lemonade from the lemons, and and I I don't mean that tritely. I I do believe that we are going to discover a lot of amazing stuff within ourselves and those around us during this time frame. Um, even more so than when we had the harmonic convergence and stuff like this. This is a time in which we are being stretched so that we so that we can find more within ourselves. And it's it's not something I I, I think there are lots of people that have that have sought this kind of stretching on their own, but but I feel that there is a time clock ticking and humanity is now being forced to do something that that a lot of people in the past did it on their own and they got to a certain level and and that's great but they're now going beyond it so um i i think that that this is a time of growth and stretching and and there's downloading that's happening to a lot of people that is really profound it's a very exciting time Everybody should be journaling as far as I'm concerned. You know, I, I yell Oh, my God, it is an exciting place. time. But it's also, you know, at the same time, it's a very trying time. It's a very challenging time. Many people are suffering. You know, if you, if you look at any of the coverage on TV and you see the incredible food lines of people in San Antonio, I mean, really across the country, who are just lined up to 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 get the meals that people are providing for them. And all these kids in all these school systems across the country who are getting their main nutritional sustenance at school and not at home. I mean, it's to me, it's exposing levels of poverty we don't want to face in this country. 
you know, things that are so imbalanced, the income inequality is just extreme. It's extreme. And and I think it's so many things like that we have to face all at once. It's, it's almost overwhelming. I know when I've gone to bed uh, uh, at night when I go up to sleep, I'm knocked out and I can't even remember my dreams. Um, in the last two weeks, I think I remembered one dream. I don't know if I'm processing, releasing, healing. I don't know, but I'm a pretty active dreamer, and I've just been knocked out by everything. And I've been doing my work for a long, long time. So Uh I can imagine what some who are awakening a little, a lot more at this time, you know, the the kinds of emotions and things that that they're grappling with. It it must be crazy. Uh, It is, but, you know, it's, it's it's growth and and when you you know it's i think in you know, i do um i do a prediction for every month on on the website and i think on on the last one i said you know you have to understand that humility humanity is going through a birthing process and for anyone who has ever birthed a child it hurts it stretches yeah. it's it it can it hurts <laughs> Yeah, it's a, that's a good analogy, really. really. And, it and is, there is pain. I mean, they it, say no pain, labor. no. Yeah. 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 And and it's it's like you know when I when I had my son, I was in labor seventy two hours, and that was seventy two hours. I do not want to repeat. That's why he's the only child. But um, <laughs> but I think we're we're basically going through that kind of a process and if people understand that at the end of this time frame there is greater richness for all of us um it it's easier to to know that there there truly is a light at the end of this tunnel and and we're going to be better for it um yeah i believe that it it's just it's it's amazing um I, you do a lot of of workshops and 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 travel a lot, and you know, I, I definitely am impressed by the way that you 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 jaunt across the country and the world. Um, do you have any any um, workshops and stuff like that that are scheduled for when when we're set free? Oh, that's a good question. I have a journey to England to. Uh, work on the the um, sacred sites or the power sites of the Michael and Mary line, uh, kind of running from Avebury and, and Stonehenge all the way out to Cornwall and points in between. I, I'm hoping by Wednesday I will know for sure, is this going forward in June because it's a really tight timeline. It's not just a journey to see these places, the mystical Avalon, the Arthurian legends, the Druids, and and the ancient people that were there long before them, but it's also to teach people to understand what a ley line is and, and how a nodal point was used by the Templars, but Again, going back to those ancient people of the serpent, the wise ones, the ancient ones, and how certain technologies were amplified on those ley lines, those very potent ley lines. So that's an aspect of it that that you just don't get everywhere. Um, it's just a passion of mine. So that's one of them. In the in this um, summer solstice is a very it's a very huge deal astrologically, huge. 
So I'm hoping that we're clear to go for that. And then in the fall, which I believe we will be clear to go, um, we will go to Portugal and Spain to the uh, Templar mysteries, which hearken back to the goddess mysteries um, and what they were doing in those ancient lands. I mean, there's, you know, there's the whole Basque phenomenon there that feels very Atlantean to me. And then we'll head over to France to... Um, finish up there. I believe a tremendous light is coming in on the planet from the summer solstice. It will come in waves through the winter solstice. And so those are the places um, I'd like to be. And if England doesn't comply in June, I will do it all in September, one after the other, because it must get done. Those places must be, they'll be so rich and vibrant and full of energy and memory and we, as the initiates, we pick stuff up in these places. So that's one aspect of the work. Um, that's that's the big stuff. Um, and will, it's, will, you uh, be hitting, will you be hitting the Orkney Islands, too? No, we did, um, as a group, we did Scotland in 2018. And we went as far, I mean, we, we started off in Edinburgh, went to Rosslyn, and then made our way to Iona and Mull, and then all the way up into the Highlands and ended up at the Isle of Skye, which is extraordinary. Um, but there's so much in Scotland. So a friend, uh, our friend Mel from Australia, she stayed and went up into the Orkneys, but I did not. Because I, I, Scarab Ray is supposed to be quite profound. Yeah, she went and she said it was extraordinary. She had such a pull to that place. And while the weather was very difficult, uh, and we were there end of September, very beginning of October, it was very, very difficult, but it was it was very worth it to her. I've been on the Outer Hebrides to Kalanish and those very powerful places. So that's really where my draw was. But Scotland, I mean, they say parts of Scotland are the original Atlantis that never went under the water and after the journey we had there I'm a believer in that Yeah, I, especially I, the Isle of Skye it's just extraordinary well there are and the grail absolutely. legends there are unbelievable and the families and the stories of Yeshua, Jesus traveling into the, into the Holy Land Magdalene, it's even believed that Jesus' grandmother, Grandmother Anna was actually of Celtic origin in that some people place her connected to the Tuatha tribe and uh, England and others into the heartland of Scotland. So we visited where her family was said to be from, and it's just filled with um, Neolithic structures and stone circles. It's um, it's it's just extraordinary. Now there there are there are philosophies that that you know after after the crucifixion that Jesus did survive. I believe he survived. Um, and that, that he did spend time in India as well, and they called him Isa there. Um, mm-hmm. and, and well, the Rosicrucian uh, teachings have the Essenes first bringing um, Yeshua, Jesus, Isa, to India. So they say that he was fully taught by the Essenes uh, by the time he was 12, in that uh, story that trickles down of him uh, teaching the elders in the temple, um, that's a very interesting story from a Rosicrucian point of view of how he moved through the temple and, and ending up with the temple priests and 
um, just blowing their minds in terms of his knowledge level. Um, he was done by the time he was 12, and it's believed at that point that who is called the Great White Brotherhood um, had deposited his uh, educational requirements with the Essenes, and the first place they took him to was India. I know that so uh, there Nicholas, as yeah, yeah, he was, and and he uh, Nicholas Rorick um, traveled uh, through the Himalayas, and he hit a, he hit at least one Tibetan temple where they had um, documents that showed that Jesus had visited there that that, that went back that far. Oh, absolutely, because apparently when the young Jesus was in India, he got into trouble with the Brahmin, with the priesthood, because he wanted to share the teachings with the people. Now, mind you, he was a teenager, and he was extremely intelligent and extremely gifted, and he wanted to share those teachings, and it almost cost him his life. And so they had the Essenes who were in charge of him, his guardians, had to get him out of Dodge. They had to get him out of India. And so the next place they brought him to study was Tibet. Just it, it's it's magical. And if if anybody has ever seen any of Nicholas Rorick's, Rorick's paintings, um, you can feel that there is the spiritual energetic there that is just so pr- profound. It's unbelievable. <clears throat> there there have been um, lately. I have been hearing and and. Um, I, I'm, I'm often fascinated by how um, things just seem to present themselves to me through, you know, different different authors or different books. And, and I find that lately I have been hearing material and, and having um, authors that, that speak of stargates on the planet. And I'm fascinated with it because, of course, you know, Star Trek, Stargates, all of that. You know, I'm, I, I am definitely a science fiction junkie, but the <laughs> element of <clears throat> of the, the 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 fact that there truly are and have been and continue to be Stargates on the Earth plane, which is phenomenal. Um, and you know, one of the ones that I am very aware of um, are the ones in the Bosnian Pyramid. Mm-hmm. So, you know, are you aware of any others? I know they, they talk of the Newport Tower in, um, you know, on the East Coast here. I know there's one in the Bosnian Pyramid, and I keep, I keep getting hints in dreams that there are other stargates on the planet and that, that eventually they're going to be reactivated so there's interdimensional travel. I think there already is interdimensional travel, but yeah. stargates... The stargates may well take us even further, but are you aware of well, any other Well, you ones? know, uh, I know that you're very fond of Renle Chateau because we've talked about that place before, that enigmatic, oh, yeah. crazy place in southwest France. But, of course, I believe there's one in that area. Um, and the energies that rise from the earth there, the telluric energies in Renle Chateau are like nothing I have ever experienced before. And so... You know, if we go with the hermetic principle and that whole five- and six-pointed star in the landscape um, as part of an initiatory, well, it's more than just an initiatory landscape. It has to do with living and um, 
it's complicated to explain it, but be that as it may, that um, that is in the land very measurable in southwest France. We know that from Henry Lincoln's work. Um, but I also, when I was preparing for uh, the southwest last year and, and retracing my steps and looking around, I found that that landscape is also in Sedona. So I think those uh-huh. are two very powerful places of Stargate's in our world, and I, in, in, I think they've both been. Um, let's just say, I believe the light and the dark is fighting for both of those, because you know, it's not just a stargate; it's it's who has access to move through a stargate. Oh yeah, yeah. It it could be very, you know, it, a lot of this has to do with consciousness, and I I think. A lot of people don't don't understand, and a level of consciousness has nothing to do with a level of intellect. So that exactly. you know, there's there's, and, and and you know, so many people have said to me, "Well, I'm very intelligent, so I must really have you know, access to higher whatever." And and that's not true. Um, this is this is a whole other area of of wisdom teaching that 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 comes when you are your spirit is ready for it and, and ready to embrace it and understand it and it has nothing to do with level of school it has nothing level you know, to do with anything like that it has to do with with your uh, your heart energy and and maybe even your chakras come into this too a little bit i i would i would think um so that so that it's it's not necessarily, you know, all of the classes you've taken and all of the pieces of paper you've you've got. It's a matter of, are you practicing and living these tools that you've been given? You know, you. Can, oh my God, it, that's so true. I've always and, found in, in groups that I facilitate in circles. I've done over 300 Magdalene circles in uh, here in the United States, in France, in England, in Scotland. I mean, a lot of circles with people and. I find that there are people that are very learned who uh-huh. are very much in the ego mind and that doesn't help you evolve it just gives you a lot of knowledge but not necessarily wisdom and I find that sometimes those who haven't really studied um the esoteric knowledge the hidden wisdom but have a great heart They've got it. They've got it figured out. And it's the electromagnetic energy that the compassionate heart exudes that is actually part of the science of ancient Egypt. And that's Uh why I find it fascinating when you look at some of the stories of the healthcare providers and those who are really out there in service in our world. It's all about the heart. It, they, and, and it's like they just know they don't. They know from a place beyond that what they're doing. There's just a massive heart connection with these people, oh, yeah. and and what they're doing, and, and the service that they're providing. It, it, to me, it's just extraordinary. It does reduce me to tears. But that's the power of the human heart. Oh gosh, yeah. and you know, I I tell people, you know, <clears throat> I can give you the tools, but what you're looking for cannot be taught but it must be learned yes and 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 you know they just often people will just look at me and say 
that doesn't work and it, it and it does because because when you embrace the truth you become a part of it and therefore you have learned it but, but. Yeah, and you know, and I think you, I think you have to experience things. I know when I first started researching Mary Magdalene um, in the year 2000, so now that's 20 years ago. I wanted to know everything. I picked up Susan Haskins. Oh God, her book is so thick; it's unbelievable, and it's a lot of traditional research and, and that sort of thing. And I read it and read it and read it, and I wanted to know about these pilgrimages in France and Europe, and I wanted to know about the art history and all these uh, very famous painters who painted these extraordinarily uh, esoteric paintings with all these symbols, and I wanted to know about the Templars and the Cathars and and on and on and on and on. And I said to Magdalene, you know, I want to know everything. And she said, you know, the only way I will show you the mysteries is if you learn forgiveness and unconditional love. And and 20 years ago, I mean, I was aware of the concepts, and I tried here and there, but I didn't know what I know now. And she said, if you really want to, this is what you have to learn. I mean, she knew where I needed help, where I was just stuck. And I'll tell you, some very difficult situations presented themselves in my life, very difficult, and challenged me in the, in that way. I mean, there was just no mistaking it. And once I got through those lessons and had to experience them in my personal life for myself, then uh-huh. I knew what it was to forgive someone who did me wrong and to and to understand what unconditional love is, to express it. And that's what opened the door to the deeper mysteries. It wasn't, okay, study this for five years, go here, turn left, turn right, and there you are, the golden fleece. I mean, it was, you know, a lot of really hard inner work to to clear myself out of beliefs and emotions that, were bogus that that no longer served me if I wanted to come to understand a bigger picture I and experience. That's, that's, oh yeah, and that's <clears throat> excuse me, and that's one of the other things that is so important because when you're on this kind of a journey, you really have to unlearn a lot of stuff that's been programmed into you in order to move forward into the wisdom that is available to you. Yeah. And that's that's a tough step. That's a lot of people struggle with that. And it you know, when I was in you... in the early years with uh researchers and we were there from multiple from multiple countries, American, uh German, uh English, um some from Poland. It was quite a multinational group and I remember being part of this group, and we were looking for this and that and that and this, and, you know, who was smarter than the next person and who was blah, blah, this and doing that. And I would sit back because my intuition was also activated, but nobody was interested. Um, And, you know, this going years back and even in that uh, whole journey. And I kept studying the grail, and I'm like, it's not just an outer path. It's an inner path, too. And so I would sit back and, you know, sometimes they would tease me about my intuition and they wouldn't embrace it and it had to be hardcore research and what author said this and let's go measure that and map this out. And there's a place for that, don't get me wrong. 
But the intuitive skill set is part of what opens the right brain, connects us more holistically. Um, and I remember watching people implode along the way because they got so deep into the intense energies, in particular in southwest France and the mysteries, that they literally lost their minds because they didn't have the balance of the inner work, of that balance of um, understanding emotion and how the ego mind works and that whole interplay alchemically. So both must be done. And so that was a really profound experience to observe that, um, not putting anyone down, just saying, hey, the grail path is not just what we find in the outward journey, but it's what's revealed, not only what's revealed to us from our inner journey, what choices we make based on those revelations. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the, there's currently, you know, all everybody's looking for the the Templar treasure and the Ark of the Covenant and and <clears throat> Bill Mann wrote a, a book on, on the last refuge of the Knights Templar and I I had him on the show last week and we got to talking about what is the real treasure and the treasure was, was wisdom, was understanding, was love. I mean, you know, there may be there may be gold and silver but, but it's the wisdom that is that is ready to be released. When, when we are ready to listen to it. And, and just like I said in, in your introduction, you know, it's, it's kind of like a lot of, a lot of the material has been hidden from us because we weren't ready for it. And, no. you know, it, it's sort of like, are we ready today? Well, we're readier than we've ever been before. Um, well, I think, you know, I just finished Bill Mann's, um, I've read lots of his books, and I just finished The Last Refuge yesterday, um, and and I had read The Thirteenth Pillar prior to that, and while I do believe it's wisdom, I also believe that it's ancient technology, and I, and that comes from, you know, the people of the serpent or those beings from um the pre flood era as well. And in, in Bill Mann's book, I don't know if you guys talked about this in, in his interview, but in the Albert Pike letters, of which he put some in the novel, he talks uh-huh. that when Pike is writing to the Canadian general, he talks about um these traditions and he references the Templars, of course they're referenced throughout the book, but he also uh-huh. represents uh mentions the Merovingian and Frankish kings and he also mentions the people before the flood. Yes, I know. So Pike, he put that piece together. So, and, you know, of course, the world wasn't uh, ready for that then. But I will tell you this, and, and I don't talk about this much, but I will say this. Um, in my channeling of the Founding Fathers, this is the new book that's coming. Um, it's already being written. It's It's about my conversations with them. And... It took me years, just like with Magdalene, to vet these voices to see, does this stuff hold up? And a lot of what was channeled to me um, in in terms of Jefferson, Lewis and Clark, and more, um, was channeled to me many years ago. There are witnesses. These are, these are archived. They were recorded, dated, and so forth. And they really hold up. And what I'm being told about the technology aspect of this treasure. Because, again, I've always been around it, and 
I'm not interested in gold or silver per se. It, yes, it is the wisdom, but it's also the consciousness to understand the ancient technology, at least in my opinion. And Jefferson seemed to be really, you know, red hot in terms of that pulse. And he is telling me, this is an exclusive, I don't talk about this much, um, that at this point it is the women who must find this information and technology, because it's a heart-inspired um, process. So the heart fires the brain, and we know from heart math it does, right? We know from science now it does, and that it must be found, that it is out there, and it, and it must be found, and it must be embodied by the women right now, not that we want to be raging feminists and uh, kick the guys out, but they need to step aside a bit and allow us who know how to work with the heart and the electromagnetic field of the heart to help move this world forward right now. Well, I, I agree, and I think that when, when the atom bomb was created, that, that it was technology that we never should have had. And I I I think Einstein was horrified by it as well. So, yeah. Um, and and with a lot of new technology, the first thing that, that that governments want to do is is use whatever it is as as a weapon. And I would hope that women wouldn't allow that to happen. I I would love to see technology come forward that, that can be shared freely with everyone to benefit everyone, but not to be used as a weapon. And you know perhaps women you know, would would use it more wisely than, than men because, um, you know, everybody's got armies, everybody is, there, there's a, there's an arms race, there's a, there's even a technology race as far as, you know, s- space travel and all of that and, but it doesn't feel like it's for the right reasons and so I think that's why it isn't doing as well as as it might have if it were if it were if we had, if we took the scientific information that's already been developed in this country that will that will cure cancer that will cure a lot of things we have the cures i know they're there and yeah. yet they're not being shared because of big pharma and and so it's 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 sort of like i i'm looking at all of this and i would go along with that i would think that that women have a different balance in, in their energetics that would hopefully turn any kind of new innovations towards um, a more healing, loving, compassionate direction than than trying to create a weapon that could, you know, bend everyone else to our will because that's not what humanity is supposed to do. Well, that that's true, and... I, you know, I'd like to clarify this for the the male listeners in the audience that, you know, a woman has supported a man in his career, you know, for dec for a long time, and oh, we could go back into the history of of of, of all of that, but you know, it's not just for the it's for the women to step forward now with that more integrated understanding and heart energy, and it's for the men who support the women to do that. That's really what the sacred masculine was about, was, you know, helping to create a safe space and place so that the women 
could, through the different cycles, um, prophesy and have vision and do healing and so on and so forth. So this is what I'm being told, and I've actually had Jefferson share with me, um, and, and I'm writing about this, the prophecy of women. And interestingly enough, and, and I don't know if I've said this on your show, I may have, but it, it bears repeating. Uh, when I was walking by the water, I lived down by the water here in Connecticut, and I was walking with my friend Sharon in 2016 uh, before the election. And not to be political, this is just a message that came in. She talked about the extremes forming, and for me not to get worried about that, that that tension was necessary to bring us to the next level, and it was like stretching a rubber band to the point of where you snap it. And uh-huh. she also said that there was tremendous – no, no, I'm sorry, that's what she said. I was down in Mount Vernon. We were doing a group in uh, Washington, D.C., in, in uh, Mount Vernon, the Potomac, and all that, and George, my buddy George, who I channel – um, extraordinary voice uh, of a very powerful and incredible man. He talked about how there was tremendous resistance behind the scenes for a woman to come to power at that time. And if you look at some of what happened in the election on both sides, it would seem to support that for whatever reason. Don't need to go there politically. But what the, the reason I bring that up is because that was a choice point and um, – Women, uh, that woman did not rise to the presidency. But as you know, in Bill Mann's book, there's a little bit of a different story that happens. So um, I believe that women will break through and lead as they must at this time, but they must lead from the heart and the intelligence of the heart. Yeah. I, well, you know, it's 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 fascinating because I think that that we're coming to that time. I don't think it's going to necessarily be the next election, but um, I do feel that that women are are being included and and are and, and are seeking roles of greater um, power in in order to. I think my fear is the thing that that bothers me so greatly is that you know once in political in that arena, you know they say absolute power corrupts absolutely. It's very hard to keep your focus when all around you um, are shouting you should go other directions just to to be true to yourself and and the people you represent, obviously. So I, I think there is a change coming. I think it's it's a it's a major shift, and I think it's going to take us decades to get there. But again, it 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 has to be a male female combination in order Ultimately. for it to really work. Yeah. Ultimately, it will. But this is why so many people are looking back on the hidden story of Mary Magdalene, and then the doors that opens to the old religions, to goddess teachings. What is that all about? Because when we understand where we've been and how we became so suppressed is how we break free from the well of memories that keeps us underwater, if you will, and we rise up from understanding our power, which connects to our emotion and, and the heart itself. It's it, Again, as much as it's compassion, it's an ancient science. I think the ancient Egyptians really understood this stuff. And, and and here's where we find ourselves. And, you know, you think it might take time, but if we go back to this channeling that it, we began the show with, 
Um, much will change in the blink of an eye. Look at how much, for better, for worse, for surrealism, for comedy, and everything in between, look at how much the entire planet has changed in like two months. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah. So it may not take, we may think it might take that long, but when she said do not despair as you step fully into the leap time, we're leaping, and much will change in the blink of an eye, meaning what's going to happen in the astrology and even the astrological chart of the United States in the next, from now through 2022, is so big, astrologically, the influences are so big that it will force us to change and change quickly. And we can only hope that because there will be changes made from fear, there'll be changes made from power grabs, you know, the dark, you know, and, and there'll be change made by people on a real grassroots level. And it's all gonna it's all gonna be in there, you know, vying for its place. And we just have to hope that enough of the children of light are reborn from all traditions globally which it is a global tradition and it is a global pandemic, so much so that there in we have strength in numbers and that the light will prevail. But, you know, to think it's going to be an easy shift in this next year or two, it's going to be hard, it's difficult, but it, it will be worth it when we get to the other side. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, you you watch carefully and, and try not to get swept up in... in um, the energetics that, that that are are created by by mob mentality and and try to to quietly and carefully understand what's going on and 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 being a part of it but putting your energy into it and i think the more people that that really do the seeking inside of themselves to to and and i think everybody is doing it to one way or another and it's it's just it is an amazing process to watch to see these people that that survived the virus and now are giving blood every seven days because they have the antibodies in their blood and they want to help other people. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It's what humanity is supposed to be. It's a, you know, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to help others out in any way I can. And, and the people all over the country that are making masks that, you know, because you can't buy them anymore, you know, and they, you know, the professionals need the good stuff. So, you know, people are people are, are rallying, and it's just unbelievably beautiful. And uh, I know my, my grandmother almost died of the very first one in, in 1918. Um, I had the Hong Kong flu in 2000 and, no, in 1968, and you know to come to to this period of time and see the whole the whole world being um quarantined um it's really profound and 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 yes people are suffering and people are passing over and but at the same time the world is changing and and it has to change in order for all of us to be able to to go to the next levels that that we're all seeking out and and isn't it extraordinary that that in during this time of a global pandemic that we actually have the technology in place while we're socially or physically distancing that we can still be connected? I think that's one of the the 
amazing things. I, technology has isolated all of us so that, so that you know, we really have our, our, our technology and we don't do group stuff that much. And yet um, this last Easter, um, my cousin and I figured out how to do a family reunion on Zoom. And we had 12 people in our family on the screen, talking to each other. This never happened before. And, and right. you know, we've, we've all had the technology, but nobody thought to do it. And right. it, it was just, it was amazing because, because of the isolation we had in a time of isolation, we were able to get together using this technology, which, and I, and I know a lot of people are doing it. Kids are going to school on it. Um, mm-hmm. But fam- families are, are reaching out and, and connecting. I, I have spoken to more of my relatives and close friends lately than I would have had not life been normal. And there's going to be a new normal. And hopefully we keep those connections. We keep that ability to to unite um, energetically in any way we can. And, uh, it- well, you know what I find interesting about this pandemic situation, um, and and I don't know if interesting is even the right word, but different than, like when 9-11 happened, um, yeah, the world changed, and it was, you know, a couple of events that happened on that day, and then the resulting um, reverberations in our world, and, and there were many. But there's something, and, and I'm not trying to minimize that in any way, but I'm, I'm just saying there's something about this pandemic because I believe it will probably come back around. And if not this one, then another one. And I believe in addition to the astrology, because I've seen it and it's pretty convincing, that this is going to be a sustained effort as opposed to, you know, it happens and then we recede and we try to figure out what really happened and the good and the bad and everything in between. But this one I think is going to keep hitting us in different ways for a while. And I think perhaps one of the reasons for that is that the pressure is not going to let up for a while because there is no more normal. It is a new age upon us, and we must break free from the chains that have bound us in the ego mind for all this time. It's really been quite a game that's been played on the human psyche, let me tell you. And I did have a dream about this many years ago when I was studying with Robert Moss, and we worked out dream sequences in theater and all this crazy fun stuff to understand the depth of the dream time and and the power of it. And I saw a time when people would wake up. And they would become very, very angry. And when the speaker rose in the great hall to say, hey, you know, love is the answer, love is the answer, there got to a point, and don't misunderstand me here, I mean, love is is it, it's a great thing, but they got to a point where their anger, because they woke up enough that the anger was too much to support the love in that moment, and they needed to know the answers. They needed to understand the lies that were told to them um, because there was such anger. And I think we're going to hit that. I think as systems break down and things go deeper than they're going to go from where they are even tonight, um, that it's going to do that because that's the deeper um, 
culling within ourselves that has to happen for us to truly shift into the Aquarian age. So it's a, it's a bumpy ride, and I don't say that to be negative. Is more to be prepared, more to hey, if you're out there and you you know you you want to figure out how to do your own inner work, like now is the time to really go deep because this, this Saturn, this influence of the big planets and Saturn and Pluto and Jupiter, this is big stuff. It's big karma, and it's coming our way. And I mean, eventually, that's what happens. It's just what happens. It's like the physics of the universe almost. Um, and this is where we find ourselves. And, and I think that's what's going to be different about this time as opposed to other events that we've gone through, but then we've had some room to breathe. I don't think we're there anymore because I think that the planet is in peril, uh, people's immune systems are in peril, and we must do the work to make ourselves even stronger. Does that make any sense? Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree. And and I think that... that what what like i said we're being given the time to do this work and there there are going to be those that don't and there are going to be those that do and and it isn't you know and, and those that don't will do it at a later date everybody does it in their own way in their own time but this is a this is a major shift there are major downloads coming to everyone there is yes. wisdom available to everyone I would say that a lot of people are experiencing uh, sleep pattern um, disturbance. They're experiencing the floaters in their eyes. They're experiencing um, possibly headaches and things like that. And of course, everybody thinks, you know, oh my God, it's it's the virus. Um, yeah. But but it it is a download so amazingly immense that your body is going to take a while to. Um, incorporate it and to embrace it and absorb it and then and then and then you know make it your own so that so that this is a time frame where you may find you are you are either you either can't sleep or you sleep too much you know one or the other it's not halfway and um i know that that you know i have found that that i only need you know maybe three hours of sleep I just can't, wow. I can't stay in bed any longer than that. My, you know, I keep I get up and I and I get back to work on stuff. And and whether it's whether it's you know decluttering my house or cleaning my house, and, and trust me, it's not cleaning my house. But but you know doing laundry or I'm not you know my way of cleaning my house is to get a good cleaning lady. Um, but but you know because I'm packing to move and stuff like that. And you know, I'm there's so much going on, and there's channeled stuff coming through that is just unbelievable. And and I have to get up and write because it's it's very much like if you were you were giving a reading to somebody and you get something, you 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 have to give it, or nothing else comes. So it's a matter of, you know, uh, things are backing up. There's so much material. I have to I have to sit and write a whole bunch in order to be able to take a breather and and get to do something else and everybody is experiencing this in in their own way yes but um this is this is a time where where um all sorts of cool things are happening and you know if you're thinking about planting a garden for gosh sakes get the ground ready or get pots ready or do whatever you know you you, you 
everybody delivers these days, so you know you can you can get stuff delivered to you. But but it's a time to to let your creativity fuel the spiritual um, accumulation that is going on inside of you. And the more creative you are, the more easily all of this stuff works. So you know, paint your house, write music, learn a language. Um, just do 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 anything that is of a creative nature because that's what fuels the spiritual journey. And you have lots of opportunities these days because everybody's stuck at home. And, you know, I, I feel that when you get to a certain point of clarity on the grail path, for just one way to describe it, um, uh-huh. your internal GPS really uh, rises up just like your pineal gland, right? That yeah. that psychic eye and that internal compass is very, very strong. And I believe that we will need that in the coming time to help um, shield us against all the misinformation and fear that is being thrown out there at this time um, to to distract people, to to bring them down, um, you know, whatever. Wh- whatever it all is, it's complicated. It's never just one thing. But I'd like to um, share with you something that happened. I don't uh, When we talked, Barbara, this hadn't happened, and I'd like to give you the update on Michael and what he has now shown me. I think you'll find uh-huh. this interesting, and I'd really, I'd really like your feedback on it, if, if you can. Sure. Okay. So when when everything was exploding with this virus, you were saying a lot of um, a lot of insights and downloads are coming in, and so the channeling is 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 profuse. I mean, it's happening. So that was happening to me one week, and and a lot of people were sending me different videos. Please look at this. What do you think? So on and so forth. And so my head was a bit full, and when I couldn't take any more, I went into my living room, dim the lights got really quiet, went into a meditative state and asked the spirit of Mary Magdalene and also of Michael, Archangel Michael, to come to me and give me further clarity because I was a bit confused. And so Magdalene came in and most of what she said, I can't recall at the moment, but one sentence that struck me was she talked about a breach in protocol. And I wasn't even sure what that meant, but it felt galactic. Um, so I'm like, okay, whatever. And then Michael came in, and because I was just begging him, you showed me the coronavirus, please show me what's happening. And so he came in finally, and it was very sparse, even more sparse than the dream. And he said, look up. And when I looked up into the night sky, um as I looked further up, I could see a rain rain coming down on Earth. But I knew it was artificial rain because the raindrops were about four inches long, a quarter of an inch wide. They had no light to them. They were tannish brownish, and they were artificial. I just knew. My GPS said that's, that's artificial stuff. And so I'm thinking, well, what does this mean? I couldn't figure out the coronavirus one. Everybody's infected. And Michael said to me, look up further. And when I did, I saw a satellite in the sky, in the night sky, and that was it. Uh That was it. 
So I found some information that I'm going to share about that that came this past week. Um, it's just a paragraph or two about satellites. But what should you get any hits on that intuitively? Um, <clears throat> I I would say that that we're getting a lot of intuitively. What I would say is that 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 we're getting a lot of information rained down upon us. And it would seem to me, because of the color, that if it, if it was the spiritual information, it would have been crystal clear. So right. we possibly are being flooded with information to confuse our to to confuse us, so that we don't see what the real truth is. And I don't know what the real truth is, but I yeah I, no you know. It's sort of like porn. The the Supreme Court judge said, you know, they were talking about porn, and somebody asked him to describe it. He said, I can't describe it, but I know it when I see it. Yeah. It's the same thing here. Um, To me, the truth, the light is crystal clear and sparkles. And and if what you're seeing raining down upon you and around you is murky, then I would say, there's there's material there that's being you're being flooded with material that is meant to diverge your your focus into a direction that's you know to someone else's benefit and not your own. Well, I think that's really good, and I'd like to share the information that I found that adds uh, meat to the bones there. But I, I I like that. So this is what I found, and this is I think also part of it. And I can't say I have it, like, all figured out, but this is what came across um, my desk, if you will. What will 42,000 satellites do to the Earth? SpaceX, which currently has about 400 low-Earth orbiting satellites, has obtained permission to put 42,000 satellites into orbit in order to provide the whole world with 5G coverage. So SpaceX is moving from 400 low uh, Earth-orbiting satellites to 42,000. I mean, that's just an incredible difference, 400 to 42,000. SpaceX has about 400 satellites up. That was the number Elon Musk wanted to start uh, testing the network. That could turn on at any time. So those of us that out there who are electrosensitive are paying attention and reading the news on that, Amazon, Facebook, and companies in the U.K. and Canada also have petitions to put up satellites. So it's not just SpaceX, but SpaceX is looking at doing 42,000 satellites. They just got approved by the government for one million antennas on the ground to work with the satellites. That is what I'm much more concerned about than the stuff beaming down from above because they're closer. I think a lot of people are very concerned. I almost see this apocalyptic look on people's faces when we talk about the Starlink and the satellites, like we're not going to be protected. It's just going to be everywhere. Um, And it goes on and it talks about this situation. But like I was saying, the one million antennas on the ground That's what I'm much more concerned about. And then the devices that we and our neighbors have, these are concerning. Uh, If you have a metal roof, that's going to protect you somewhat, 
from a lot of the different frequencies that are beaming down. I'm much more concerned about the stuff that's way closer to us. And so it goes on and on. There's a, there's a lot about the history of EMF and how it uh, plays into our immune system, how it lowers it. So it's not just 5G. It's the history of, of, of this kind of frequency. So as you picked up in the vision that Michael gave me, what, was, what he was saying pay, to pay attention to was the artificial frequency raining down on us. And that's why I think it's so critically important at this time for people to shift into the right brain more and the intuitive skill set to learn how to discern and know what to do to shield or protect themselves going forward. Um, I've often said that I believed that science fiction, whether it's, whether it's books or, or, or movies or television shows, are, are, are meant to put out their information to kind of make us comfortable with things that are actually coming. And a long time ago, there was a series. I, it wasn't a series. I think it was, it was more than one movie. But it was a, the premise of it was they constructed a shield around the, around the world that was meant, they, they, they said it was meant to protect the earth but what it did was it, it enslaved the populace. And oh my God! Did you see that movie? No, my brother was because I shared this with him yesterday, and he was he didn't have the detail that you did, but he said it was a science fiction movie, and it yep. and it yeah yeah oh my God! Do, do you remember the name of it? No. But it was a, it was a, and the guy that invented it, after he invented it, he realized that that it was wrong because what it did was, it didn't protect us from outside forces. It enslaved us in 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 this this sphere, and and the, when they when they um, at the end of the movie, they of course destroyed the shield, and when they did. Fresh air came in, and stars were out again, and we we were one with the universe. And what you're talking about is exactly the same thing. I can't remember the name of the movie. Somebody out there is, you know, watch. I'll get 40 million emails tomorrow with the name of the movie. But I, I oh, you got to let was... me know because I've got to watch it. Uh, I'm telling you, that was the vision. And then the information came. My brother said it. You said it. I think there's just something there to be gleaned, something there to be understood. Yeah. I, I think, Very I think good. It's, it, it's not meant to protect or help. It's meant to control. And, and you know, I am, I am very much against the 5G, but, you know, I can't do anything about it. But, um but to be aware that it's not—it's not really out there to help. It's out there to control. Okay. So that—that that feels right. Yeah, a little bit scary. And and you know. Well. Well, you know, it's it's the population that's on the Earth plane today was on the Earth plane before the last mass destruction. Uh, was on the earth plane has always has been on the earth plane every time a major event i, I mean major event took place 
So we've been through it before. We may not remember it, but our spirit does. And, you know, we are the survivors of those times. And we'll be a survivor here, too. Um, just, you know, it, it's it's going to be sticky. It's gonna, I mean, I'm not going to lie, but, but I... And I meant earlier when I said we're, we're in labor here and what we come out with at the end of this whole process, and it could take a couple of years, we're going to have a better world, I truly believe. I do too. But I, I'm, I'm, as all this settles in, what I'm trying to do and what I will teach in the future as well, and um, we're working on a library right now connected to my website that will actually – help people with these techniques, and yes, we will meet in person again as well, um, to sustain the next two or three years. Like this isn't when it's over and we could all maybe start to move about the end of May. It's not over. It's just it will go into another phase, and so not to fear it. And I really like what you said. I believe that, that we are the ones that come at the shift of the ages, and we've been mm-hmm. through this before. This is kind of the what we all for so long have been calling ascension. This is it. This this is it. It's this shift, this in into a, another age and another time. And you're right, we have been here before. We've survived it, we've been through it, and that's why we're here again now. So um I guess that's a good way to sum up everything is that we have seen this before and you know, I don't know if I even said this um, because I just got the news just before the show, um, but did I mention that my 90-year-old aunt got the COVID virus? Uh, yeah, and, you know, I, you know we, we had to kind of jump when, when um, you know, when, when the show was going to start. You said that she, she was okay. Yeah, and, and so I, because I couldn't connect with her in any physical way, there she was with her fever in in Bridgeport Hospital and on oxygen and I mean it didn't look good she was you know 90 years old and a lot of people started to pray for her and I went in and connected with her soul and talked with her about was she ready to leave or was you know was she going to stay and I think she's going to stay and and I'm so thrilled because I know her soul has been through this before too and I didn't recognize it until now, because she's the only surviving on on both sides of the family. And now I'm recognizing that that part of her that is the old soul that we've connected to later in life as friends, as women, as a, in, instead of, you know, she's my aunt, I grew up with her, you know, I'm her niece, we're very close, but there's something there about the old soul in this whole process that I think is getting activated. And I think she's actually choosing to stay as well because she holds a piece of that light of remembering how to get through this. So I just, we, we talked about it just before we went on air. You're right. And, and it just, it took all this time for me to come full circle and realize that she's been here before and done this too. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it was she. That, that just blows my mind. Sorry, but it's like you make a connection and get a download in real time and, I'm just making that connection right now after knowing her my entire life. So uh, mind blown, mind blown. <laughs> that is so cool. Um, I think I think the title of the movie had something to do with shield. Okay. Something about a shield, but but 
Yeah, people help me out out there. Um, this is going to keep me up. I'm going to be up all night looking for this darn movie. <laughs> um, but I will find it and I will send it to you because it, it really um, is amazing. Um, we're down to the last couple minutes, so you want to kind of kind of give out your information and tell people how to get a hold of you and what courses you're going to be running and stuff like that? Sure. Sure. Um, the best way to get in touch with me is to use the hub of my website, uh, gloria-amandola.com. Uh, there's an email on there. I'm really good about email. Um, if you write to me, I will get back to you. Uh, Holy Grail Mary at Gmail is that uh, email. Uh, I'm also on, on Facebook and fairly active. Um, so you can always send me a friend request that way. What we're doing with this material is working through initiation, and some of it will be in person and on the ground in different places in the United States and abroad, but there will be sources of information and a way in which to um, work this process with the trilogy being released. Even just with rereading the first volume, I realize that Magdalene has actually given instructions on how to clear the emotional body and go into those well of memories, both good and bad, both enlightening and traumatic. And so that's a process we're going to be working with people um, to help them get through this next two, three years. So best way to get in touch is uh, email uh, via my website or on Facebook, and uh, we'll go from there. Um, okay. I'm just looking forward to... Uh, working with people in this way because a lot of people are really open now and they're really eager to figure this out for themselves. Absolutely. And you're going to, we're we're talking about you coming on once a month and doing a show on on, you know, what's going on and whatever material you want to share. So we'll yeah. tell everybody to to keep our keep your eyes out. It'll probably be a Wednesday show, but um, okay. I think once a month or, or whatever day works for you. I mean, I don't really care. I'm Monday okay. Tuesday, but but I think it's time to be putting a, a spiritual show out there once a month to help people understand what's going on. I'm, I'm ready. I'm yeah. I'm game. And, and to hopefully, you know, give them tools to to apply to their own lives so that so that they can, you know, the tools are free, but you got to teach yourself. So it's really kind of cool stuff. Yep. But, but it has been a pleasure having you on again, and I look forward to, you know, figuring out what we're going to do next month and getting that all programmed too. So thank you so much for being here and sharing all your information with us. It's been, you know, an absolute pleasure talking to you as always. Oh, thanks, Barbara. It really was nice talking with you as well and sharing this with the audience. Um, it went by pretty quickly. It did. It did, absolutely. And I want to uh, thank everybody out there for listening. We really appreciate your spending your time with us. And I know it's it's a very precious commodity time and, and that you take the time to share and to listen and to be to be with us. We greatly appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to having Gloria on next month and, you know, every month thereafter to have a, a, a moment of, of spiritual enlightenment that we can share our wisdoms with you and, you know, what works for you, make it your own, and what doesn't. 
walk on to the next glimmer. So thanks for being with us. We greatly appreciate it. Check us out tomorrow night. Mark has a great show for there. And we'll talk to you again soon. Good night. Stay well. And as they say on TV, we'll get through this together. Good night now.